under control, pushing tears away with her fingers. Will's phone campaign had started some days before, when she'd told him she would no longer supply him with money or a place to live. Intellectually, she knew that what she was doing gave him the best chance of recovery, and that the other way would do nothing but hasten his death. But her mother's heart broke every time she thought about him, and the filthy squat he was living in, the anguish he was experiencing right now in withdrawal, with its accompanying nausea, pain in head and joints, despair and sickness. She couldn't help remembering the small, brave boy who had sung his special elephant song to cheer her up when she'd been so sad in those days of Gerald's first deep depression when he couldn't teach, only sit around or sleep. She understood too well some of the bitter foundations of her son's later addiction, set up in part by the very nature of that early relationship with her and her depressed husband, where the child had assumed responsibility for the comforting of both parents. Knowing these things too late was very hard for her to bear. But you can't know what you don't know, as her therapist Alexander used to say to her in those days. You simply did the only thing you could. No blame, no shame. That's how it was. Kit drank a glass of water and walked down to the front of the house, past Gerald's closed bedroom, and outside. On the right was the therapy room with its separate entrance. Kit glanced at the clock. Her usually punctual 2pm client had not arrived yet, and she was grateful for this extra time. I'll have to put the phone back on, Kit thought, going back to the kitchen where Gerald now stood with the brandy. She saw he'd already replaced the handset. I'm going to change the phone number, he said. To a silent unlisted, I've had enough of this. But Gerald, that wouldn't work for me, for my practice. My clients must be able to ring me. I don't care, I can't stand this. We have to stand it. It's our son. The phone suddenly rang, causing Kit to jump. Don't answer that, Gerald said. I must, she said. Marina might be trying to ring me. She's late. Kit, don't. Let it ring. He'll keep tormenting you if you keep picking up. But she'd already picked it up, bracing herself. Kit? It's Angie MacDonald. Remember me? Gemma's friend? It took Kit a second or two to remember this policewoman, a friend of her sister's. We've got a nasty situation involving one of your clients, Angie hurried on to say. That's why I'm ringing you. What? Who? Adrian Adams. He's no longer a client. I had to refer him on. He's insisting that you come. It's very tense. He's locked himself in a bathroom with his girlfriend's 18-month-old son. He says if you don't come, he's going to kill himself and the kid. He refuses to speak to anyone else. I'm sending someone around to pick you up. Kit felt agitated, so she took a deep breath. Angie, I didn't have the skill or the experience to deal with him. That's why I had to refer him on. My presence could make the whole thing worse. You've got to come. You're the only person in the world he says he'll talk to. Just come and talk, for Christ's sake. Kit was aware of someone banging on the door. There's someone at the door, she said. That'll be Brian Hepplethwaite, said Angie. I sent him to collect you. Hurry up. It was, and as they sped in a white Commodore along Parramatta Road to the house at Ashfield, Detective Sergeant Brian Hepplethwaite filled her in. The girlfriend rang us earlier, he told Kit, occasionally turning his worried face towards her. 
There'd been a terrible blue last night when she tried to break it off with him, asked him to move out. Now he's grabbed the little fella and they're both in the bathroom. In the bath. Bloody lunatic. Why don't you just break the door down, Kit asked, and grab him. He braked suddenly as someone cut in too close ahead. Stupid prick! Sorry, ma'am, he said in one rush. We can't. He's got a bloody radiator in there perched right on the edge of the bath. Says he'll drop it in the water if anyone does anything. Said you're the only person he trusts. Kit recalled Adrian Adams, withdrawn, inarticulate and boiling with rage. The thin young man who had asked for her help over his inability to get along with workmates or maintain relationships with women. What about the little boy? Is he all right? So far, he's splashing away. But sooner or later, he's going to want to get out. And then he'll start crying, said Kit. Why can't you just cut the power to the house?